It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Locked On Heat. On today's show, Jimmy Butler's been traded. We'll talk about what this means for the Heat now and going forward. And with Butler off the table, we'll talk about other stars Pat Riley could target next. Thank you so much for listening and for subscribing. Now let's get to the show. You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's do this. Welcome to Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, the only podcast that breaks down every Heat game, news item, rumor, and more. My name is Wes Goldberg. I'm a credentialed writer covering the Heat and the NBA for the Step Back. And I'm David Ramil, a credentialed NBA writer who's covered the Heat and League at large for SB Nation and Fansided, and I'm wondering what I'm even doing here. Uh, first of all, congrats, David. Thank you so much. It's been a long time. I, uh, I know I've had some big personal news, and uh, it's it's been hard to try and keep up with all the great work you've been doing on Lockdown Heat, but I appreciate you covering everything and handling everything so damn well. Uh, this show has been amazing in my absence, and I'm going to he- come here just to ruin it, basically. You, you were doing perfect without <laughs> me. Well, Jimmy Butler tried to, ruin, tried to ruin every team he's a part of. He tried to ruin Minnesota. Now, I don't know. He's going to be on Philadelphia. We're recording this. Uh, on the su- on Sunday, um, after the Saturday, it was announced that the Timberwolves had agreed to trade Jimmy Butler to the Philadelphia 76ers for a package that includes Robert Covington and Dario Saric, ending a saga that has gone on for almost two months. Okay, let's start, can we start to- right there? Is that is that a better deal than anything Miami was offering? So, uh, let's assume that Josh, Josh Richardson was not on the table. I've seen some people say that's not better than what Miami was offering. I think it's substantially better than anything Miami had, had, had proposed. If it didn't include Josh Richardson, a deal with Covington and Sharks is a pretty good one for Minnesota. I agree. Um, okay. that, that's exactly where we should start with this because the original idea going during the preseason when all this was sort of happening was that Riley had offered, according to original reports, Josh Richardson, probably Kelly Olynyk's salary plus a 2019 first-round pick. And then based on the way Josh Richardson had played – um, Adrian Wojnarowski reported that the Heat were not involved in recent negotiations. And so it, it stands to reason that based on the way Richardson had played, Riley took him off the table. Maybe he offered something like, hey, take Whiteside for Jimmy Butler, but that's our offer. 
Um, take Olenek and James Johnson for Jimmy Butler, but that's our offer. If those were the offers, yeah, getting getting a guy like Saric, who's a nice playmaker um, from the four spot, kind of like a, 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 a bit player. I don't know if he's going to start over Taj Gibson at the four there, but I think he could still play next to either Taj or Towns, so I think it's a good fit there. And then getting a guy like Robert Covington, a 3-and-D wing, who can help space the floor for Wiggins uh, and for Towns, obviously, when Towns is doing his work in the post, which he doesn't do a whole lot, but maybe now he will, now that Butler's gone. Um, Rocco is the kind of player that they need. And mm. so I think that's a good that's that's a good return, considering that you were never going to get a, a player as good as Jimmy Butler back. And you get it, and they're both under contract. Um, Saric, I think, has got one more year after this under, with his rookie scale contract. And Sar- uh, uh, and then uh, Covington's under, under contract for another three years at like $10 million a year. So you're getting guys that are, you know, under team control for t- on, on team-friendly deals. Yeah, I think this works for them. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's a good one for Minnesota. Uh, I think Minnesota actually is in stronger contention for a playoff spot now, even without Jimmy Butler, because I think these players will complement their stars in Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns in particular. So I think it's a good move for Minnesota. Plus, they get a pick. So if uh, Tom Thibodeau is looking to hang on to his job and, and possibly make a playoff push, this is as, as good a deal as you're going to get. Yeah, I mean, just having Butler out of that locker room is just going to be a tremendous lift from that team. And I know Towns on Sunday morning was talking with reporters, kind of underplaying, downplaying the whole sure. Jimmy Butler situation. But, like, of course he's going to do that. That We don't need to talk about Tim- the Timberwolves anymore. You can go to Lockdown Timberwolves for that. Um, I want to talk about the fact that, that according to Woj, that the Heat weren't involved in negotiations recently. It, within these last couple of weeks, I guess the, the Timberwolves really tried to get negotiations started again Wednesday night. Yeah. Um, and the Heat basically weren't a part of that. Right. Do you think that that was a mistake? Do you think that, yeah, Josh Richardson, as well as he's played, he's still not up to Jimmy Butler's level and that they should have kept him on the table in, in, for a Jimmy Butler trade? Well, I don't think he's at Jimmy Butler's level. I think that's pretty clear. But at the same time, I don't think he should have been included in the trade. For somebody like me who's waffled back and forth ever since the news broke, what was that, an eternity ago? September I, I, 20th. Yeah, it seems like a lot longer than that. But still, I, I you know, I, I feel like... To keep Josh Richardson is a good, safe move. Uh, and I think he's got potential to get even better than what we've seen over the last, first few weeks of the season. He's not the closer. He's not the guy who's going to have the, the ball in his hands and, and bring home a win every time. I just don't think he's cut from that cloth. And I think Jimmy is that person, although I, Jimmy did arguably work to get to that point. So maybe there's potential for Jay Rich to eventually reach there. But I think given the concerns about Butler's age, the amount of money he's going to get paid in four years, that's a lot to deal with from Miami's perspective. So better to just cut ties and do everything you can to acquire him without giving up Josh Richardson. I guess they made that play and it didn't work for uh, you know the Minnesota Timberwolves. So now it's time to move on, to be honest with you. You keep Jay Rich, you keep the team as you have, and, and maybe it'll be a sense of relief for, uh, relief for the team, You know, knowing that nobody's going to get moved or traded. You hope that James Johnson comes back, Deion Waiters comes back, and that they contribute at a pretty high level. And next, you know, maybe you go on a win streak and, and you cement your positioning in the Eastern Conference. Uh, I think that Minnesota is going to regret not taking that Josh Richardson deal at some point. I think Richardson's going to be fair. really good. Yeah. He has... I'm not breaking news here, but he's taken a leap this season, and I can't. You know, I said this going into the going into the regular season. The the longer this goes on, the better it was for Miami because they get a real sense of what Josh Richardson's level of play is right now. And right. you can't trade him for Jimmy Butler when he's playing like this. He's not as good as Jimmy Butler, but he is a he's he's putting up like 
all-star type numbers in the Eastern Conference right now. He's a 20 points per game scorer. He's 25 years old. And oh, by the way, you're only paying him $10 million a season where you're going to be on the hook for 30 to $40 million on this next contract that Jimmy Butler is going to sign. So you're getting a guy who you're probably getting, I don't know, what would you consider Josh Richardson right now? 70% of Jimmy Butler at 25% of the cost at ultimately? Maybe and higher. If, if, I'd go probably if 80, yeah, 80%. Sure. And, I mean, he's, that, that, that percent is only going to get higher. And then by yeah. the years three and four of Jimmy Butler's deal... It's only gonna, you're gonna get very you're gonna get a lot closer. It's a better so, value. Yeah. It's not the sexy move a lot of fans were looking for, but mm-hmm. I think keeping Jay Rich again better value, and you can see him grow. And and who knows, he's still a couple of years younger than Butler. He has the potential to reach there, and I think we're starting to see that leap. That was what we had hoped for him when we did our preseason predictions too. And the the big thing about that too is that if you do trade Josh Richardson or Jimmy Butler, yeah, you get better right now. That trade would have also included the 2019 first-round pick if it was the trade that was that was reported. And if that's the case, then you basically have no assets to now pair Jimmy Butler with the type of talent that he has right now in Philadelphia. Good point, good point. It's basi- it's, no matter what, you're still basically at a dead end, right? right? Like, yeah, maybe, maybe Miami goes from hoping for an eighth or a seventh spot in the playoffs to one of the top five or six teams in the East with Jimmy Butler, which that I think that would have been the case. That's safe to say. Yeah. Um, but that's that's still not getting you into the Toronto, Boston, Philadelphia, even without Jimmy Butler, tier in the East, right? So yeah. it's still a little bit – it's still a dead end because you just – so now if you're Miami, and I'll talk about this in a little bit, but you've got Richardson under contract. you still got your 2019 pick as an asset. Um, and you've got things that you know you can build around. And uh, I guess you just you're leaving your options open, and, and they've got to figure out what direction that they want to go in. And Pat Riley this last week said that the team is average. He's just said it's average, and after two or three years, you can't be average. So I want to ask, what do you think the Heat should do now, uh, in the, at least the immediate future, this season, to try to turn this season around? Nothing. I don't think there is anything they can do, and that's not the kind of move that, or the lack of move that our fans want to listen to. But that's the reality. I think you you made a play to acquire Jimmy Butler. You did whatever you could, and and you know from the fans' perspective, they were hoping we could package Dion Waiters, who's been injured, and let's say maybe a bust as far as resigning him is concerned, and and you know Tyler Johnson's hefty contract in exchange for Jimmy Butler that was never going to work. So from Miami's perspective, you just kind of. You know, stay, hang steady. You do what you can to stay the course. You welcome them back when they're or they're healthy, Johnson and Waiters in particular, and, and you hope for the best. You hope that this team figures out a way of, of cementing what they have, the continuity that we've heard all season, and getting some production here and there from the, the core players and, and from the role players too because I think that's what you need to do. And, and uh, I don't think there's any big move as far as helping them leap any further in the Eastern Conference. You know I'm going to disagree with you on this, right? You know I think that they've got to make a move, right? And it's not to it's not to take a leap in the Eastern Conference. And you know where I'm going with this, but um, let's let's take a quick break here and then come back with this conversation. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Ninety three percent of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a seventy five dollar sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So, here's the thing. The Heat have to make a move. 
and it's not I don't think that there's really a move on the table like a Jimmy Butler deal that gets you up into the Eastern Conference, you know, like solid playoff spot. Right. But in not trading Josh Richardson, when you when Pat Riley took Josh Richardson off the table for in a Jimmy Butler con a Jimmy Butler deal, that basically means that he's building around Josh Richardson because you're not getting another all-star. If you're not willing to trade Josh Richardson for Jimmy Butler, I don't, you're not getting a player better than jo- Jimmy Butler for something less than Josh Richardson. Um, like I just, if you're not willing to, if if basically you're you've told you've made Josh Richardson untouchable, that's basically what Pat Riley's done right now. Then I don't know what you're gonna do to get another star. You can't trade Bam Adebayo for for an All Star player. He's just not done enough on the NBA level to warrant being a centerpiece of a trade. Uh, Justice Winslow, at least for right now, has one not done enough at the at the NBA level to be a centerpiece of a trade, and two is not realistically tradable because of the you know the applications of his contract extension. He's not really realistically tradable until next season. Uh, you're not trading Whiteside for a star. You're not trading Dragic for a star. Like the, all of your assets, and you're not really trading the 2019 pick for a star because that's going to be it looks like a middling first round pick unless this really goes south for Miami. Um, so right now. You've got to, if you've already decided that if you're Pat Riley, we're building around Winslow, we're building around Richardson, we're building around this young, the, the, these two young guys. Well, then you got to go make room for those guys and build a team that suits those guys. I think the Heat got to go the other way, David. I think that they've got to basically take whatever remaining assets that they have that are expi- essentially expiring assets and move them now and I think you start with Goran Dragic I think you've got to trade him right away as much as it pains me I've said this all along you've got to sell high on Dragic um, Winslow seems to be doing well as the po- backup point guard uh, even as the starting point guard these last couple games where Dragic hasn't been playing um, or in, in the couple games that Dragic has missed Winslow looks really good um, you know I think that the only the only problem not having Dragic is Dragic healthy in those games is when Winslow's also not in the game at point guard because the Heat don't really have a backup point guard. But if you if you could trade Goran Dragic, get a backup point guard and a draft pick out of it, that's a home run, and you've got to do it. And uh, the other guys who get a trade, and again, it, I, I hate to say this, and Heat fans will hate me for saying this, you've got to trade Rodney Magruder. you got to do it now. And you got to trade Wayne Ellington, and you got to do it now because Ellington's contract expires at the end of the year. So does Magruder's. Um, you got to sell high on Dragic, and specifically on Dragic, because he's a. I think there's a lot of teams right now that could use a point guard, a steady hand, who want to make the playoffs. That's going to be the sort of team trading for Dragic, a team that wants to make that leap into the postseason. The longer you wait, the fewer teams that we're, are going to have playoff hopes and playoff chances. So if you do it now, if you do it immediately, there's a, a larger pool of teams that still believe that they can be contenders. I'm looking at Brooklyn as a team that really wants to make the playoffs this year, has a good chance to make the playoffs, but has an issue with turnovers. D'Angelo Russell's not the answer there. Spencer Dinwiddie's a, a free agent at the end of the season. They don't know. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to bring him back or if they even want to bring him back. Do you put Goran Dragic in there as a steady hand, as that veteran point guard presence? I think that they'd be willing to do it for the right price. Um, it'd be a, a protected first-round pick probably and maybe like a contract like Jared Dudley. Maybe you're able to get D'Angelo Russell back. As an experiment, if you're Miami, that that couldn't be the worst thing. Um, I think you've got to do something with those three guys: Dragic, Ellington, Magruder. All right, I, you know, I think we both know that I'm going to disagree with you pretty heavily there <laughs> for a number of reasons. It's not just about moving players or not. I just don't think that the rationale behind it is 
accurate, to be 100% you know, honest with you. I don't think that this is the kind of season where any team is looking at themselves as being an on-the-cusp contender. Uh, you know, For Brooklyn, I don't know that they care necessarily about making the playoffs. They're about a long-term growth. And oh, I they think make that the they really want to make I think they really want to make I the think they'd be content year. and happy to make the playoffs. I don't know that they're willing to mortgage their future in order to do so or acquire an aging veteran like a Goran Dragic or anybody else along those lines. And I think we've seen with the, the kind of return that both Minnesota got for Jimmy Butler and what Indiana uh, returned or got in exchange for, you know, uh, uh, Paul George, that these kind of deals can be, you know, they can make sense for the team acquiring the quote unquote superstar. Uh, and I, I think Miami can still package a couple of those contracts that they have left on the on the team right now in exchange for a future star that becomes available. We didn't know that Jimmy Butler was available Two months ago, we had talked about it for months before that as an option for the Heat, maybe somebody that they could look into getting at the trade deadline. We didn't know it was going to get to this point. Paul George made his demands uh, public right before the start of the previous season. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, but even if another star beca- shakes loose, like the Heat already said that they're not trading their assets for. And they, I think that's another thing. Bam is reportedly untradeable. Well, you see, I think I think that's moving. ridiculous. Who else can they move? I think that's they're not going to move any of those guys. I, I see. I disagree. I think Bam. As much as he's got potential and flashes and everything else, I think if you can get a player that's comparable, I think you do it. Uh, and I think Riley okay. Riley has shown that he's willing to trade Glenn Rice. He's willing to trade anybody on this roster uh, for whatever it, you, know, you can possibly do. As much as they like Bam, as much as they like Michael Beasley you know, in 2010, they were still willing to move these players. So I, I think that, that there's still options available for them. They just they didn't feel comfortable moving Bam for Jimmy Butler, and that makes sense. Or, or, and as far as okay, Richardson's so fine. concerned... So, but you still, even if you trade those other three guys that I'm talking about, you still got those Bam out of buy. You still, I think Dragic or no Dragic, I think, look, I've been saying you got to sell high on Dragic regardless anyway. So we disagree on that, but... What about Magruder and Ellington? Because it's not like it's either you play them this year for really no reason because this Heat team is middling at best. They're at, they're not good. Um, so sure. do you trade Magruder now? Sell high on Magruder because this his value will never be better than it is right now. Also sell high on Ellington this season. What are you getting in exchange than, for Rodney Magruder though? Like that's another. Thing. I think you can get a first round pick for Rodney Magruder. Ooh no, no way. I don't. I don't. You think got you. He's the league, coming. No way. He, you can get a. He's a restricted free agent. You keep him under control. He's a three and D wing. He plays hard. I think you get a late first round pick. I'm not like you can't get into the top twenty. Okay. But even if you can get a late first rounder, is or, that worth look, it? I'm then? looking. I'm looking squarely at the Houston Rockets. Yeah, it's worth it. Uh. It's definitely worth it. Um, or else you. Or else he walks away for nothing. They're, the Heat can't afford him. They can't resign him. They so, just can't. And, so would they be able to sign their first round pick too? If they get like a twenty eighth pick or twenty fifth pick in the draft or something like that, would yeah. they? Be able to sign them. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. See, the no, thing is, got, it's not we're about, talking about the difference between you know, less than two million dollars versus probably eight to nine million dollars from Magruder. That's what he's going to get next year. But that's fine. But the the thing is with the Heat is that they can always find guys like that all the time, and they've shown exactly. that they can do it. So, so trade them. Yeah, but why get a draft pick out of it? Why not be able to use Magruder while he's still on the roster this season and he's still contributing at a high point? level, knowing that you can get into the playoffs at some point? He's not the contract you want to move, not you in could, my opinion anyway. I think you've got to move him. And I think you if you move him for a first rounder, are you then able to use that first rounder to get off of one of these Dion Waiters or James Johnson contracts? Or maybe you just cut out the middleman right there and just put – you lump Rodney Magruder's one, one and a half million dollars – onto a Tyler Johnson or a James Johnson or a Dion Waiters and see if that moves the needle. I think the Heat have to explore it. The other thing is Wayne Ellington. 
Um, I think they've got to move him to, I think you can probably get a second round pick for him. And if you can, you do it. I just think at this point, look, the Heat, if you don't want to move Josh Richardson, which they don't, um, you've got to start getting more of these assets because you look at these teams, like they just don't have the pieces to make a move for Jimmy Butler. They just don't. They they the pieces that they have, they don't want to move. And so I just think you got to you can't let the very you've got so few assets, you can't let them basically expire and not get anything for them. I just anyway. All right, let's let's talk about with Butler off the board. Um David, you and I, we each prepared our own wish list of stars, the Heat maybe could chase next if depending on what happens in their individual situations. We'll talk about that after this quick break. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Pat Riley still hasn't landed his whale, and with Butler now in Philly, Riley is still fishing. So David and I had the idea of preparing our own wish lists of stars that the Heat can chase next. Uh, We each picked four realistic ones and then uh, one not realistic one. And since uh, you never know what's going to happen in this league... Maybe one of those not realistic players does become a realistic player. Who knows? Um, it's called our fish list because we're fishing for whales, right? Uh, we haven't seen each other's, right? So I have my five players. David, you have your five players. We haven't seen, we haven't shared this with, with each other. So um, let's do it this way. You're going to reveal your five first. And then if I have a player similar, I'll let you know. And then we can just sort of go, then we'll go to whatever I have remaining on my list. All right. That sounds fine. So in, in no order, but kind of an order... I think the name that's been most floated out there as far as Miami potentially scrounging up a deal is John Wall. I think that's one that you know makes sense because he is the Well, superstar. wait, is he – let's do it this way. Is he number one on your fish list? He is not number – he's not the unrealistic one. He's he's number five on my fish list. Let's let's save your unrealistic one for last and right. let's go with your number one. Or do you want – oh, you're going backwards. You're going yeah, number five. Yeah, descending in order. Yeah. My oh, unrealistic order. one oh, is like my it. number one choice. Okay, cool. All right, then we're on the same page. So number five, your least least wanted wish list guy. Yes. So you still would want him. Yes, we would want him because he's John Wall and he's arguably pretty good and, and a damn good point guard and everything else. He could be problematic in the locker room. He could be a pain in the ass to deal with on a personal basis. But at the same time, I think Miami can make the most of the player that he is. So I think he's a good fit there. He's going to get paid a whole heck of a lot of money. Uh, he's not uh, a free agent anytime soon. He's under contract for a few years, so that's good for Miami. But at the same time, that deal, like I said, pretty lucrative. So John Wall is up there. Um, for my John, number- Wall was, John Wall was not on my list. And um, I went back and forth about the idea of John Wall. But every time I watch, like the idea of John Wall is so much better than like John Wall the player, every time I watch the Wizards, I hate watching John Wall play. I mean, he just stands in the corner. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't look like he's been in shape for two years. Um, that That's contract not gonna stay is in Miami, ludicrous. Though. I don't know. Is it not? I don't know. This guy is the guy who's basically said he's not going to give up partying just because the media criticizes him, basically. Like, South Beach is the worst. Like, Washington, <laughs> D.C. is a great place for partying. Miami's better. Like I think he would just. I don't. I don't know, man. I just. There's too much access to too much stuff, and I just. 
I, I, I don't recruit my problems. So I'm just, I, I did not include Wall on my list. I, I thought long and hard about it. And I was like, you know what? Also, un- trying to understand what the Heat would have to give up realistically for a oh, I didn't even I didn't even consider that part, to be honest with you. All yeah. of this is so unrealistic. We don't know what we could get in exchange. Look, as I pointed out in the previous segment, superstars don't net superstar value in exchange. So at this point, but we I'm also know that the Heat the Heat aren't moving. They're not. It's not going to be like Dion Waiters for John Wall straight up. So like anything more than that, I'm like, you know what? Not worth it. I would rather just not deal with John Wall. But okay. that's why I did not include him. So who was number four on your list? Aaron Gordon. A little bit, oh. uh, a little bit north of Miami, you acquire Aaron Gordon. I think uh, he demands a trade at some point soon. I don't think he is, and this might be a, a strong take. I don't think he's a winner. I really don't. And having seen him enough around the team, I don't think he's that guy who can get you to that level. He is not the superstar that Miami can theoretically build around. He's not going to be your alpha dog, whatever terminology you want to use. But he could become disgruntled. They've got uh, a problem with their front court because they've got Mobama, they've got Jonathan Isaac. None of these players really stands out, and uh, you know they need time to develop. And it's hard to do so when you have all these complementary players filling up a limited number of positions. So you trade Gordon for I don't know Dion Waiters, maybe uh, you know Justice Winslow, maybe Goran Dragic. Uh. You know, from Orlando's perspective, they want to get into the playoffs as soon as possible, so they do need a point guard. So if you're willing to trade Dragic, you can get your power forward of the future in in uh, Aaron Gordon. So that's a good it's a good pick, I think. Uh, Gar- I like Aaron Gordon as a player, but I think the Heat would run into a lot of the same issues that they have right now with Justice Winslow in that what do we do with this guy? Um, kind of things. Uh, maybe if you move Dragic, yeah, now you're moving Justice Winslow to point guard, and then you play Aaron Gordon as like a, a supersized version of what James Johnson is. Is that kind of yep. the thought process? There? Yep. Actually, I don't mind that. That's not bad. Uh, Gordon is shown to shoot threes slightly better than when he was a rookie. Yeah. Um, maybe the Heat can work on him. I mean, any player that leaves Orlando tends to play better wherever that player goes, and Aaron Gordon's already a pretty good player, so... Um, I didn't even think of Aaron Gordon, so but uh, we've heard that the Magic could be shopping him, and I think maybe Dragic and Magruder would be enough to get that done. Possibly, who knows? Yeah. Um, anything more than that, I wouldn't do it. Who's number three? Well, we talked about John Wall. Why not go on to his even better teammate, and that's Bradley Beal. He's third on my list. Again, not the kind of superstar that you can lead a team necessarily, but as much shine as Wall gets, and deservedly so, Beal probably deserves a lot more. He's a good passer. He thrived when Wall was injured last year. Hell of a shooter, obviously. Also an all-star level talent. And even though he's under contract getting paid a lot of money, I think you could see that tension in Washington build and one of those players demanding to be traded. Why not go after Bradley Beal before any other potential suitor you know, picks up? Even though it's a divisional rival per se, I still think Miami should do whatever they can. Look, he, he addresses so many needs. You put him at the two. Uh, he stretches the floor. If you can complement him with uh, Josh Richardson, that would be a great, great deal for everybody, well, at least from Miami's perspective. He brings so much more than what's missing on the, on, you know, from the Heat roster right now, so he'd be a great fit. I've got Beal number two on my list, and I almost had him at number one. Okay. I almost had him at number one. I think there's not even – it's not even close. He's by far Washington's best player. He might be, at this point, Washington's only legitimately good player. That's a fair fair assessment. Maybe a little harsh, but fair nonetheless. Right. And, look, the amount of – I could – you could play him at the one. Especially, like, you if you could – you could play him in the backcourt with Josh Richardson – and still have two forwards if you if you're able to then use maybe even Justice Winslow as your point guard. Yeah. You know, defensively Winslow's the four; he's the point guard on offense. And now you're able to play Beal off the ball. 
and you know exactly the model I'm following here, David, is what the, the Warriors do with Steph Curry and Draymond Green. Right. So I think Beal is, is good enough as a passer and a facilitator. He's a he's an underrated pick-and-roll guy. Uh, he just doesn't get the opportunities because John Wall is ball-dominant and selfish and just is what he is um, and a bad teammate. And so I think Brad Beal has thrived in not great circumstances, hasn't had really phenomenal coaching ever, and you put him in, in Miami with Eric Spolstra with that culture. But Bradley Beal, by the way, who who went to Florida right down the street. Not right down the street. That's an, oh, five hours down the street yes. um, from Miami. So I think that that would be a great fit. And I, I I really struggled with where I wanted to put him on my list. either. But he was definitely on my list. I just didn't know if he was my top guy or my, or my uh, second guy. But I had Beal as my second guy. Okay. So my second guy... Um... Is Draymond Green? Uh, oh, wow! I, I think so much of what Miami's lacking, uh, and we kind of hinted at it in the previous couple segments. But you know what, what Pat Riley said about being average is one thing. I think they might actually be bad, and I think they just lack any kind of desire. Like I, I'm, I'm glad long, you. I'm glad you finally joined me on the Heat or is bad island. It, it's <laughs> it, well, it's getting crowded. Um, yeah, look, I, I think I love this team. I love the personalities. I just think there's just Almost too much camaraderie, to be honest with you. There's some tension mm. with Whiteside, but even that got smoothed over. You need a guy who stirs the pot and does so aggressively, and that's Draymond. Jimmy Butler would have been a great <laughs> Jimmy Butler would have been a great solution well, he, he, for that problem. He might set it on fire and burn down the kitchen <laughs> along with it. So that's not necessarily the kind of addition you want to make. But I think Draymond knows how to fit alongside guys and, and push them to a certain level. Mm. Maybe it helps when you're superstar level talents like Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. But I think he just knows how to do so, how to win, how to how to you know aggravate people just so, and you do it and you accept it because he loves winning and he contributes to such a high level. I could see him wanting to kind of break free of saying, you know, he's a, a Golden State Warrior. Of course, he's a, a successful player. He couldn't be successful outside of that, and then having a lot to prove. If I was Pat Riley, he would be my number one priority because I think he would change that locker room culture so drastically and make everybody on this team better. If you're not going to be able to acquire a superstar because you just can't, a guy like Draymond, I think, is the right fit to piss everybody off. And I think that's why James Johnson, perhaps more than anybody, is is a necessary function for this team because I think he brings some of that, just not as effectively as Draymond does. So, I mean, you cover the Warriors. You see them in person a lot. I think he, I think he brings a lot to the table that Miami is missing as far as a locker room presence. When Pat Riley drafted Justice Winslow. Draymond Green was the comp that I used. Everybody else wanted to force Justice Winslow into the Kawhi Leonard comp. Pat Riley came out and said, no, he's Draymond Green. And Justice Winslow so far has not been Draymond Green. He's been, look, I've liked the way he's looked so far this season since coming back from the injury and he's working his way back into, you know, his best shape. But I like what we've seen from him. But he's not Draymond Green. Um, And look, if you're the Warriors, I don't think that they want to move on from Draymond Green. I don't particularly think Draymond Green wants to leave the Warriors. Um, just you know, when you that's start my hearing, being when you start the team, hearing but... the the conversations that he's not a Hall of Fame worthy player, and, and maybe that doesn't matter to Dre at this point, I think it will eventually. And and, and look, Kevin Durant's gone next season. Steph Curry, he's he's the building block there. He's the favorite son. He is the heart of, or not maybe not the heart, but he he has everybody's heart as far as Warriors yes. fans are concerned. Yeah, uh, Clay, who knows? Uh, he could be swayed I, by I, a couple million. Honestly, dollars I I if if Durant leaves, I don't see the other three guys going anywhere. Okay, but um, but most of that has to do with the fact that it becomes a lot cheaper if Durant leaves. Sure. Um, but look, let's say Durant stays, and I still think that people are 
saying that Durant's leaving prematurely. I don't know. Nobody knows what's going on with Durant, and it's going to be crazy. Even he doesn't if know, he, yeah. yeah, he doesn't know what's going on. So let's say he stays. Well, then this team gets very expensive. Um, do they try to move on from Clay Thompson? I don't know. I don't know. Clay Thompson is very important still to what they do. Um, Draymond Green's having a hell of a year. Yeah. I think that some of that is motivated. He will never say this. I Some of it is motivated by him trying to get Defensive Player of the Year, which would also put him into you know a, another bracket as far as his, his extension that he's able to sign next year. Um, I think some of the, like just the money part of it has a lot to do with the way Draymond Green has been playing like his pants are on fire this season. Um, if if push comes to shove and the Warriors don't want to pay this the largest tax bill in NBA history, do you look at trying to get Draymond Green Jr. for a fraction of the cost? And if Pat Riley calls you and says, I will trade you Justice Winslow, and it would be over the summer when less of that poison pill stuff becomes an issue with uh, Winslow's contract extension, you say, "We'll trade. I'll trade you Winslow for Draymond Green, like yeah. and whatever. Like that's the centerpiece of the deal. You're getting, you know, J- uh, baby Draymond at yes. a fraction of what it's going to cost you. That yes. would be the deal. So I'm surprised that you had Draymond Green in here at a, as a realistic option. Um, but after you, after talking through this, look, don't don't aggregate this, people. But I, it might be like it, it, this might be. You never know. We never know. Like you never knew that Kyrie Irving was going to be available. You didn't know that Kawhi was going to be available. You not you might not know. So. That's I actually love that. Um, I didn't have Draymond Green on my list, um, so let's go through mine. The guys that um, oh, should I give you my unrealistic option or say well, this? let's save that for last. Okay, yeah, well, let's, let's save that for last. So uh, actually, you know what? Give me your unrealistic option because maybe I have it as my realistic option. James Friggin Harden. I think the Houston experiment Whoa. blows up badly. I think they're stuck with Chris Paul and his forty-year-old desiccated corpse. I, I, I don't think every look. They, they're trying their best. They got Capella there. He's young. He's got potential. At some point, Harden just says, you know what, get me the hell out of here. I love this city. I tried to do everything I could to bring a franchise to a championship. I can't do it. I want to go to a team that's already had experience experience leading superstars to a championship. I want to go to Miami. He likes to get after it, as they say. He's played down here during the offseason. He has the nightlife. I think it could take his star and help it shine even further. And I think this is the place to do it. So I I could see him making a call and saying, you know what? Let's get it done. Send me to South Beach. Wow. We should have saved that for last. That was- <laughs> I think big, baby. Think big. <laughs> um, okay. That's a great one. I love that. That's best case scenario. Yeah. Um, all right. So you named Bradley Beal. He was the only guy on your list that I had on my list. Let's um, do it. Last guy on my list was D'Angelo Russell. Not a star <laughs> player by any means. But okay. I do think that this is a guy who was taken, what, number two overall out of Ohio State. Every Heat fan was saying, like, tank for Russell. Ooh. And you look at the situations he's been in. The L.A. Lakers thing was weird. There was locker room issues. I think D'Angelo Russell had immaturity issues, and a lot of it is on him. Yes. But there was major issues there. He goes to Brooklyn. He is leapfrogged, basically, by Spencer Dinwiddie. This season, playing pretty well, but I think Karis LeVert, his emergence has basically yes. taken the ball out of his hands a little bit. I don't know that the fit is the best thing for D'Angelo Russell. I think there's just a lot of young guys on that roster, and so just being one of a lot of young guys wasn't the best thing for him. I think just like in his situation in L.A., you know, yeah, Kobe was there as the veteran guy, but other than that, it was a bunch of young guys, um, and Kobe wasn't the best mentor that last year. So uh, I just don't know that D'Angelo Russell's ever had the structure, the culture, right. the, the veteran presences around him that he needed 
to take a leap and you look at guys, look, the Heat aren't making the trades for the Jimmy Butler types. They, they, it's available. They didn't do it. I think you got to go the other way and just hope to basically, if you're not going to get Paul George, maybe you get Victor Oladipo. Maybe you get a guy with all the talent in the world who just hasn't been able to put it together. And D'Angelo Russell, look, if this was the summer of 2016, he'd be getting a Victor Oladipo contract just based on his potential. That's how the NBA works. So I think he's about as good as Victor Oladipo was in his Ooh, no. in Oladipo's first two stops. Oladipo was not good in Orlando. He wasn't. Uh, he had and he wasn't good in Oklahoma City. And he had all he had was one good playoff series. He did play he, defense. All, something D'Angelo Russell does not do. Yeah, but D'Angelo Russell hits threes, which is something Oladipo didn't do. Good point. Until he got to Indiana. So I just I think that you know if you're the Heat, I know I said it already. Call up Brooklyn. Hey, Dragic for D'Angelo Russell and Jared Dudley straight up. What Brooklyn loses no future assets because D'Angelo Russell's gone after this year anyway, and so is Sean Jared Marks, Dudley. Sean Mar- former Heat player Sean Marks. I think that's a good one for Pat Riley. I, I think, and you just do it. And look, if D'Angelo Russell doesn't work out, all right, wipe your hands of him. He's a free agent after the restricted. You just you don't offer him a deal. Let him go. And Justice Winslow is the point guard of the future. And by the way, it would be a great tanking move to go get Zion Williamson. Um, D'Angelo Russell is my number four. Uh, number three. I'm surprised you didn't have him on your list, David. Kevin Love. Oh. I know he's got some injury issues, and I get it. But you know what? I'm taking the long game here. I would love to just see Kevin Love go to a situation where he's appreciated. He was just always basically shit on in Cleveland. He has a congenial relationship with Chris Bosh, and I think that that could turn into a, a – I think that's a relationship that could flourish in Miami. I Now that Chris Bosh is more in the fold in Miami – not in the fold, I should say, but just around um, – and, uh, look, I know he's not the kind of player that can pl- necessarily play in an NBA Finals series competitively yeah. um, in today's game, even though he did do it. Like, he just wasn't the most, wasn't the strongest player for the Cavs in those series. Um, but I don't really care about that. I just, I think he's a, gr- a great personality, yeah. great locker room presence, great talent. And I think, hey, he's never had a good coach in his entire career. Put him in Miami. Hmm. See what Eric Spolstra can do with him. And um, maybe you get this, like, third chapter to Kevin Love's career where right now he's a borderline Hall of Fame guy, not going to be in it right now, but, like, kind of, like, on the bubble of being on the bubble. Mm. Like, can can he have this, like, third chapter where he just really flourishes in Miami? I don't know. I think it's worth a shot. And I think his price is such that you can get him for basically equal value, which if, if you're Miami and you can move a James Johnson or a white side to get Kevin Love, I think you got to try to do it. I agree. Um, That's a good one. I, I thought about it. I just feel like it might be a, a lateral move more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah. just don't know that he's a, he's a complimentary star in today's league. Uh, maybe even throughout his career, he just was a complimentary star. And I don't know that you've got anybody else. Look, I, I'd love to see the pairing of him and Richardson. I think that would be a great one. I'd love him in Miami. Again, I agree with all your points. I should have included it, but again, I just didn't think that it was the kind of move where you could make a big, a, a take a step forward by acquiring somebody with that kind of salary, too. He just signed that extension with Cleveland. So, right. I mean, he's, he's going to get paid a heck of a lot of money in the future. And I think for a lot of Heat fans, that might be somewhat of a turnoff to think of a guy who could probably get you 18 and 12 in today's league, you know, kind of shoot 36, 37% from three point range. And getting paid the kind of money that he is uh, for a little defense, you know, that's that's problematic. I think you got to pair him with a second star, and then all of a sudden you've got two top fifty NBA players, and yeah. that puts Miami in a bracket that they're just not in right now. Okay, um, I've got Beal at number two, and then I had Kemba Walker at number one. I know he's an expiring contract this year, yeah. but that dude is. 
probably the best point guard in the Eastern Conference right now. Yeah. And he's still only 28, I believe. And he's... Is he really? Yeah, I think you're right. He's a boss. Like, that dude, he is putting it all together. He was not a great finisher in the past. He is a great finisher right now. He's a great shooter. He's shooting like 40-something percent. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Off the dribble. Like, pull up threes. Like, he's got almost no help in Charlotte. But he's in a spread out system with James Borrego. He's taken a step forward. He has gotten better every single every single year. Go get Kemba Walker. And I don't think I don't think he's available. By the he's way, not, I, no, I, he's he's not. not. And so, but he's uh, he's on my list. I think if I don't know what if if December rolls around, Charlotte you know has a two and thirteen December or something like that, or a two and twelve December or something like an awful record or something goes south. Maybe then he becomes available. But if, if Charlotte's not where they want to be by the trade deadline and they're getting some intel, who knows? Very much your Draymond Green situation. Like if if things just if something turns, then I think you just if you're the Heat, you gotta go get. Kemba Send Whiteside back to North Carolina. I think this is the deal <laughs> in exchange for Kemba Walker. Oh my God, that would be a, a, a dream. Um, my my non realistic one's not as out of the box thinking as yours. Not okay. definitely not as creative, but it's Kevin Durant. He's a better player. Oof. So um, I think if if Miami decides, you know what, let's just burn the thing to the ground, let's trade all assets that we have to clear cap space, and let's just go chase two free agents this year, and one of them is going to be Kevin Durant. And maybe, hey, they pitched Durant once in the past, maybe the second time's a charm. That's my one. He's the best guy who will be available. I love right? it. I love it. Um, he's just the best player that's going to be available. Miami doesn't have the space right now, but then that's that's the only reason it's unrealistic. Maybe they create it, and then it becomes an, an option. He did live here for a long time, too. He had an apartment in Brickell. I think that's a, a great thing to to consider. I mean, he loves the city. He trains here in the offseason, too. So, I mean, it's... It's a it's a really nice move. Uh, I just he doesn't seem nearly disgruntled enough for my taste, and he doesn't have as much to prove. Maybe I mean he's already he already had such a successful individual career before he went to Golden you, State. You love you love these storylines. Like he's not disgruntled enough. He's still like the third best player in the NBA. Like I don't care if the guy's the happiest he's ever been. Well, that's why, the third that's, best why that's the mo for Pat Riley though. It's like find somebody who's pissed off and wants to prove something. That's the guy who's okay. available, and I think I think Durant's not that guy. I don't think he's available. He can choose twenty nine other teams when he leaves Golden State this summer to go to, and they'll find a way to acquire him. Uh, and also, the Heat is too much of following in LeBron's footsteps. He's not going to do that. Good point. Um, but uh, even though he has like. He's basically done the light version of of LeBron James's career. He, he's going to fit like well the knockoff with, version. with former Heat coach David Fizdale in New York. So don't worry about it. Uh, one guy before we wrap up here that neither of you, uh, neither of you, neither of <laughs> us included. <laughs> yeah, Anthony Davis. No. None of us. No. No, just, just it's so Two unrealistic. Words. That Two words for you, Rich Paul. That's why. Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge. Uh, also, anybody that you was that you thought about that no, neither of us talked about here. Jalen Brown. Um, okay. I think yeah. uh, I think that situation in Boston is going to become to a point where he's just like, you know what? I'm tired of trying to find a way to fit in. They've already got Kyrie. They've got Gordon Hayward, and he's getting paid a lot. They're not going to move Hayward as much as they'd want to. Um, the so best, think- the best coach ever, Brad Stevens, having a hard time managing egos and lineups. That's crazy. You know who's really good at that? Eric Spolstra. Damn right. Um, I had uh, Harrison Barnes as Ooh. like a dude. I don't know. Yeah. Like I wouldn't have been excited about it, but like you know, he do- doesn't really seem like he has a place in Dallas right now. Yeah, a place can, anywhere. He can get you buckets. Like I don't know. He's okay. Uh, and then of course Kelly Oubre, restricted free agent. I don't know what the Wizards are going to do. And uh, he would have been 
dream scenario for me, as uh, Heat fans know. No, uh, he, hey, could, before, he could he could go he could go to New York for just for Fashion Week. I think he would play alongside oh Kevin Durant. That would be great. I'm gonna start hosting Locked On Knicks if that's the case. Um, all right, before we wrap this thing up, we didn't do guess the record on Friday because we didn't do a show on Friday. Um, but uh, really quick, we've got three games coming up Wednesday, I believe, or no Monday versus Philadelphia. Um, Wednesday versus at Brooklyn, Friday at Indiana. David, what is your what are you guessing for the Heat's record in those three games? I think Philadelphia is still reeling from the big trade for Butler. They're going to be without him on Monday. That's a win at Brooklyn. That's a loss because they always wind up losing to Brooklyn. And at <laughs> Indiana, again, I think Indiana showed they've got somehow some mojo over the Heat. And at Indiana, it's tough to win at Bankers Fieldhouse or whatever they're calling it nowadays. Uh, I think that's going to be a problem. So one and two for the week. I've got one and two as well. Philadelphia, obviously without Butler, they then without two of their starters until Butler gets there. So, um, you know, with not having Sarge and Covington there, I think that's a win for them, even though Embiid and um, Whiteside, that'll be an interesting matchup. And then uh, at Brooklyn, you're right, the Heat can't beat the Nets, just not a thing that they do. Uh, so they lose that game. And then Indiana, by the way, are gonna they're going to have like a five-day rest in that, going into that game. It's crazy. Look, their schedule is nuts this week. Um and Victor Oladipo is really, really good, and they're going to be rested, and they can't beat the the Pacers anymore. So, yeah, yeah I'm with you. I've got one and two the same thing. Okay. Um, that's all we have for today. Thanks for listening. As always, you can reach us by sending an email to LockedOnHeat at gmail.com or on Twitter by using the hashtag AskLOHeat. And, of course, make sure to hit subscribe on iTunes or whatever you use to listen to podcasts and leave us a rating or review while you're there. Music is courtesy of Mojave Wild. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for joining me, David. You got it, Wes. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.